Um, so glad to be in the house of God this morning. Um, I've been told that all our One Up crew are in this morning. Welcome, welcome. Pastor Rob told me that you guys stay in when the preacher is particularly good looking. And so, and so for that, I'm grateful. Yeah. <laughs> um, but hey, we had a great time on the 9 a.m. I'm believing that God's going to move this morning. I hope you've come hungry and expectant. Uh, we're in for a great time. As Pastor Rob mentioned, I'm from um, LifePoint Church in Adelaide. Um, Pastor Dave and Donna Hall send their love. Um, they're, they're super grateful that I could go this weekend. And I'm super grateful to be here. Um, I have a, a wife at home named Brenda and a two-year-old daughter named Esther. Um, they send their love to Esther's super cute. And um, I miss her a lot, but she is certainly keeping us awake at the moment. Um, and so I'm grateful to be here this weekend for two reasons, um, to be in church, but also a few nights sleep in the Lincoln Hotel and all the parents said, amen, amen, amen. Uh, and so it's been a great weekend. Um, I'm so grateful to be here. We'll get into the word in just one moment, but I just want to um, take the opportunity to honor um, Pastor Rob and Pastor Pauline. These guys are just amazing leaders in our state, legends in the state of South Australia. Um, and it really is a, a, a huge deal for me to be bringing the word here this morning at One Heart, One Heart Church. And um, Pastor Rob and I have been hanging out the, over the last couple of days, um, exploring all the national parks of Port Lincoln and Coffin Bay. And it's been so great hearing his heart. He's got a real um, visionary leadership on his life, a real um, building mentality, always eyes ahead looking forward. And so um, we're blessed to be under his leadership. Pastor Pauline is awesome as well. Um, thanks for the ride for the airport, and um, last night the dinner was fantastic, cooks an amazing lamb roast, and so I'm privileged. Uh, I'm happy this week, and can we give it up for our pastors this morning? They're just awesome. But um, we're going to get into the Word this morning. Where, uh, if you have your Bible, turn with me to um, the book of Acts, um, chapter 3, um, from LifePoint Church, so I must preach from the book of Acts. Amen. Acts chapter 3, I've lost my place. I'm reading from the New King James this morning. We see a story that um, many of us may have heard before about a man that gets healed. It says um, from verse 1, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they lay daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who enter the temple, who, seeing Peter and John, about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were all filled with, a, with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Praise God. Let's quickly pray. God, I thank you for your word. Thank you that it's living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. God, I thank you that, that my words can't change anyone, but God, your word can change lives. It can set people free. That miracle working power is in the room. We have access to it in Jesus' name. So pour out your spirit this morning, I pray. Amen. Someone say amen. 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 You know, um, we read this amazing story about a healing in the Bible. And, um, you know, I, I find myself saying this a lot when I preach that the miracles that we read about um, throughout the Bible aren't for us to, to sort of marvel at. They're actually for us to imitate. You know, the Bible says in, in Hebrews 13 that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, 
He's the same today, and He's the same forever. The, the Jesus that we're reading about in the book of Acts is the same Jesus that we're worshiping this morning. That means that this morning, when the Spirit of God comes into the room, we have access to the miracle-working power of heaven. Um, you know, in, in the book of Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So what is the evidence of spirit baptism, right? And and we we teach that the initial evidence is speaking in tongues, but really the evidence of Holy Spirit baptism is power. That word dunamis, miracle working power that we have access to when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit. Miracles are for today. Can I get an amen? In the book of Mark, uh, in, in the gospel of Mark, it says, and these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They'll speak in new tongues. They'll drink poison and it won't harm them, right? In my name, right? It says that, that this, these signs will follow those who believe. These signs won't follow just pastors or people that have got it all together or, or, or um, just, just people in the book of Acts or, 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 or whatever else, right? These signs will follow those who what? Believe, right? That's you and I. These signs will follow. We have access to miracle working power, you know, um, just um, in between services just a second ago, I had a guy come up um, and, and he said um, to me that, you know, I, I've been coming to church for a while and I completely disagree with Pentecostal theology. I don't like Pentecostal church. My first thought was, <laughs> kind of, you know, kind of in the wrong place. Glad you're here. Everybody's welcome. Right? But, you know, I was a bit confused. But then, you know, as we got talking, I said, but then what do you do with a scripture like and these signs will follow those who believe. And he said, well, th- those, that's actually just for the apostles and, and miracles and tongues and all that sort of supernatural stuff finished at the end of the book of Acts and then, and then no more, right? And I said, okay, well, you know, obviously I disagree. Um, and, then, and then as we continue to talk, he said, you know, um, the Bible says that I need to shine my light before men. You know, Jesus says, let your, your, let your light shine before others, that your good deeds may glorify our Father in heaven. I said, I disagree. I said, those are just for the, the apostles in the book of Acts. I don't need to have good deeds. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, right? It's actually, you know, sometimes I think it's actually easier to live a life of doubt than to live one of faith, right? Sometimes our own kind of theology can get in the way of what God wants to do. But this morning, I'm here to tell you that, that there is miracle working power in the room. And if you, if you need a miracle in your body or you need a breakthrough in your life, if you need a miracle, there's something in your life where you need the supernatural power of heaven to move. You've come to the right place this morning because I believe that the, that the Spirit of God is going to touch your life in a powerful way. I'm excited this morning. I feel like the anointing's in the house. We're in for a good morning. We're in for a good morning. Um, you know, just recently in our church, um, we had a lady um, who was um, uh, encountering God at the end of the service. Pastor David Hall had just finished preaching, and I came up on the stage just to kind of take over the next part of the, the service. And, and we're up there together, but the Spirit of God was moving. We're being sensitive to what the, what the Spirit was doing in the, in the, in the meeting. And there was a lady sitting um, over on this side, about halfway back in the auditorium, and the, and the lady was, um, um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know how to put it politely um, in, a, in like a politically correct way. She was um, what we'd refer to as like a, like a well-seasoned saint. Um, she was, put it this way, like the only way to find out her age would be through carbon dating. <laughs> like, um, like wait. <laughs> When, when, when she was born, um, the Dead Sea was still only just sick. Um, I mean, <laughs> to put it delicately, you know, if you, know, if you catch my drift. Uh, and so she was there, and, and, and the power of God came upon her. Now, um, if, if you're new to Pentecostal church, um, there's something that, that, that we believe in, which is that when the power of God comes upon you, you can feel the presence of God in a tangible way. That means that you experience the presence of God upon you. He comes upon you, you can feel Him. When, when God touches you, you know about it. 
And different people kind of react in different ways to the Holy Spirit coming upon them. Um, some people laugh, some people cry. Uh, we kind of see it all at LifePoint Church. It's amazing. I love it all. Uh, but one thing that's super common, and, and I don't really have uh, the time this morning to really go through the nuts and bolts of it theologically, but, but people often when they're touched by the power of God can fall, de- fall down to the ground, right? It's throughout the Bible. You see it in, in, in 1 Kings. You see um, that the priests couldn't stand to minister because of the glory of God that filled the temple. You see in the Gospel of John that um, they come to arrest Jesus in the garden and they say, are you Jesus? He says, I am he. When Jesus says, I am he, the entire group of soldiers there fall to the ground under the power of God. We see that. And, and so that happens often in our services. And um, so what we do is we have these people um, that are, you know, ushers or sometimes we call them catchers uh, because most of the auditoriums um, would be similar to this one, like a thin layer of carpet over cement. Right now, encountering God is awesome. Falling down and cracking your head on the cement floor is not so great. We don't recommend it um, here at One Heart Church. And so uh, what we do is we get people called catchers. They stand behind you to kind of soften the fall and, um, and, and praise God for catchers. Now, this lady, the lady I was mentioning earlier, um, the ancient one, um, she was standing... And, sorry, I'm being cheeky. The power of God came upon her and she fell down. Now, the issue was that she wasn't being like directly prayed for at the time. Um, no prayer, no catcher. And so she's standing there, she gets prayed for. Uh, she, sorry, she's just standing there, encounters God, and she falls down. Now, it wasn't like a graceful fall. It was like, like really, you know, it was, it was scary to watch. So we're up on stage like, oh, we might have a situation here. This is no good. Um, we're kind of letting the meeting flow sort of thing. People haven't really noticed because it's worship while people are kind of giving medical attention, seeing what's going on. We look over and they kind of give us the thumbs up that it's all good, it's okay. We're like, phew, you know, relief. We continue on with the service, we finish the service. I find out later, what I didn't know about this lady is that she was actually suffering from severe dementia, right? She went down under the power of God and when she came back up, her dementia was completely gone. Her dementia was healed in Jesus' name. So I'm here to tell you this morning that miracle working power is still at work today. And if you're anything like me, sometimes you can kind of box the miracle working power of God into particular miracles. Like God will, will he'll heal a bad knee, uh, but dementia, not so much. Diabetes, no. You know what I mean? We, we, we take some sort of sicknesses and diseases and we say, no, God doesn't heal those. I'm here to tell you this morning, it doesn't matter how small or great your problem is, Jesus is here. What I love about miracles is that you can't argue with a miracle. You know what I mean? You can't, you, the argument's over. You can argue theology until the cows come home. But when the power of God touches someone and a miracle takes place, you cannot argue with a miracle. Um, I, I don't have time for more stories. We'll get into this scripture one more time. Um, you know, we just read a story in Acts chapter 3 uh, about the, the lame man being healed. But um, I believe there was three things that that man did that, that made him a candidate to receive from God. Um, three things that he did to uh, attract the miracle power of heaven. And I want to share those with you this morning. The title of my message I should have mentioned earlier is How to Receive a Miracle. How to Receive a Miracle. So there's three things that this man did. Number one, um, it sounds like I might be pointing out the obvious this morning with number one, but he needed a miracle. Point number one, he needed a miracle. Um, it's impossible to receive a miracle from God if you're saying that you don't need a miracle from God, right? I don't know about you, but I always want to be someone that needs to receive from God. I don't want to be someone who just wants God. I want to be someone who needs God, amen? Uh, you know, I believe that God's called me to live a life in the, faith, in the faith lane, right? To live a life of faith. What does that mean? It means that I need to be someone that's constantly looking for miracles, constantly needing God to move in particular areas of my life. Uh, for me, if I ever um, ask myself the question, 
in what area of my life do I need a miracle? If, if the answer to that question is I don't need a miracle, that's a good indicator for me that my life's become a little bit too, more, too comfortable. Let me ask you a question this morning. In what area of your life do you need God to move? Um, to frame it a different way, in what area of your life is your strength not enough anymore? In what area of your life is your strength not enough? That's an area where you need the power of heaven to move. And so let me encourage you, be people that say, I need a miracle. Right when a pastor gets up on stage and says, if you need a miracle, lift your hands. Be someone that shoots up your hands saying, God, I need you to move in my situation. I need you to, need you to move in my life. I need you to move over the youth ministry and touch these teenagers and fill them with your power. God, we need you to send revival to the Air Peninsula. God, we are hungry for a move of your spirit. Be people that needs to receive a miracle from heaven. Maybe you're here and and, and, and you, you had something in your life that you were believing God for, but as time's gone on, um, you haven't maybe received that breakthrough or that miracle yet, and so you've kind of given up on that thing. Let me encourage you. Take that thing up again. Stand in faith with me, because I believe that this morning is your morning for a miracle. Amen? Amen? So firstly, he needed a miracle. Secondly, he was expectant. He was expectant. It says there in the scripture that, that when, when Peter came, it said he fixed his attention on him, expecting to receive, expecting to receive something from him. You know, this morning, I believe that every single one of us, when we come to church on a Sunday morning, should expect to receive something from heaven. Expectation, expectation changes reality. Expectation changes things. Have you ever been in a, in a service before where, where people are praying and the Spirit of God is moving? You can have one person encountering God in a powerful way and healing's flowing and they're weeping in His presence and they're having the most wonderful time and right next to them can be someone with their arms folded, eyes open, not experiencing anything from heaven. The difference is expectation. If you come expecting something from heaven, you become like a, like a magnet for the miracle working power of God. When was the last time, and I'm asking myself this question as well, when was the last time that you came to church on a Sunday morning expecting to receive from heaven? And can I say something this morning? It's not wrong to expect something from God. It's not wrong to come into God's presence and expect to receive. That's not a wrong motive. That's not, that's not we were seeing before, Jesus, you don't owe me anything. It's 100% true. Jesus doesn't owe us a single thing. But God actually wants to pour out his blessings upon us. In, the, in Ephesians chapter 1, it says, Praise be to God our Father who blesses us with every spiritual blessing. When Jesus died upon that cross, he dealt with our sin and he dealt with also our sickness. He removed every curse from us and he's called us to live lives of blessing. There's blessing for you in Jesus' name. And I call this church blessed, blessed, blessed. Right now, I want to do something quick, just, just different for a second. Why don't we all just lift our hands just for one moment. God, right now, over every family, blessed, blessed, blessed. Right now, in Jesus' name, we come into a covenant of blessing. Blessing, blessing, blessing. God, I thank you that when you died upon that cross, you didn't just deal with our sickness and disease. God, I thank you that you, you, you dealt with our sin. I thank you, God, that we're on our way to heaven. Jesus, we recognize that we don't owe, you don't owe us anything, but God, I thank you that you've called us blessed. Every curse is broken in Jesus' name. And God, any curse that anybody is under right now, it's broken, broken, broken right now in Jesus' name. I lose supernatural favor and blessing upon every family in Jesus' name. Over this church, supernatural favor. Over Pastor Rob and Pastor Pauline and their family. Blessed, blessed, blessed. Unexpected favor and blessing upon them in Jesus' name. Can someone say amen? Sorry, I know I'm kind of going against the, the, the flow here. I'm kind of moving the, the end to the middle. I'm just excited. I feel like the Spirit of God's here, you know. So come expecting something. You know, when my, um, my two-year-old daughter comes up to me and asks me a muesli bar, says, muesli bar, muesli bar, right? I don't say to her, I don't owe you a muesli bar. Look at this house you get to sleep in. 
Look at the roof over your head. I provided all of this for you. I don't say that to her. When she asks for a muesli bar, I give her a muesli bar. Why? Because I love it. You know, God has good things for his kids. He's, you know, he actually wants to pour out blessing upon us. Um, you know, we talk about, you know, desiring to encounter God. The reality is that God is the one that's come to this meeting the most expectant. God wants to encounter you more than you want to encounter him. He actually wants to bless you this morning. Come with expectation. Let me encourage you. Shift your heart to a place of expectation this morning because I do believe that God wants to touch every person, that there's miracle working power in the room this morning. So number one, he needed a miracle. Number two, he was expectant. And number three, he stepped out in faith. He stepped out in faith. I might get the band to join me if that's cool because I want to pray for some people with the time that I have left. But number three, he stepped out in faith. You know, um, something interesting about this story you may have um, heard the story before, but I noticed something for the first time recently, and that is Peter says to the man, silver or gold, I do not have, but what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Powerful words, and, and it's, it's awesome scripture, but do you know that the miracle actually didn't take place in that moment? They spoke out those words, and, and, and when Peter said that, it, it laid the foundation um, for expectation and faith, right? It, it, the, the word was spoken, but the miracle actually hadn't taken place yet. Right, I'll read this in, in verse 7, just after Peter says that, it says this, And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. The miracle actually didn't occur when Peter spoke the word. The miracle occurred when the layman actually stood up onto his feet. That is the moment that the ankle bones received their strength. Right? So in other words, this, this guy, he, all the ingredients were there for him to receive a miracle, but it took him to actually step out in faith and step into what God had for him. This morning, I believe that the miracle working power of God is here. I believe that whatever it is that you need in your life, God is here, willing and able to do that for you. Right, but sometimes it's gonna take us to just to step out in faith. What does stepping out in faith look like for you this morning? Maybe, um, as I mentioned earlier, maybe it's um, that, that you've believed for something before and you didn't see God come through and so you're dealing with disappointment. Let me encourage you this morning, God's a good father. He wants to bless you this morning, right? Why don't you stand, stand in faith again? Maybe a step of faith is to take that thing off the shelf and start believing God again that He's going to move in that area. Uh, maybe for you, um, it, it's past mistakes. Maybe um, whenever it comes to an altar call like this, we're praying for needs. You, all you can think about is the things that you've done wrong, your past mistakes, and you feel like it kind of makes you ineligible to receive from God. Can I remind you this morning? Romans chapter 8 says that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. The blood that you were washed in is the same blood that I was washed in, right? We are all as holy as each other, and that is completely. All of our sins washed away by the blood of Jesus. There's no more condemnation. There's nothing there anymore that can separate you from God. And so don't let your past mistakes be in your mind this morning. Enter into the presence of God and receive everything that God has to pour out into your life. Maybe for you... Um, it's, um, I don't think that anyone would admit that they believe this. But maybe for you, when it comes to this sort of thing, you feel like what you're going through is, is a result of, of, of what you did. You can't, the thought goes through your mind that I'm just getting what I deserve. I did this, right? Can I remind you this morning that every curse is broken in Jesus' name? When Jesus went to the cross, every curse is broken. Every curse is broken. And that means that you and I all have access to the healing power of heaven, to the miracle working power of heaven. 
You're not going through what you went through because of your past mistakes. Jesus dealt with that on the cross. What an insult to the Cal- to Calvary to say to Jesus, no, you can't move in my life because I'm just getting what I deserve. That's the whole point of the cross. We don't get what we deserve. We get heaven. If we're getting what we deserve, you and I would have a pretty terrible future. But friends, can I tell you today that because of what Jesus did, we can step into a life full of blessing, healing and life in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.